You are listening to My HR Buzz, brought to you by My HR Concierge. Hosted by Chris Cooley, we'll bring you various topics and guests to shed light on the often confusing world of HR and also employee screening. We'll be putting the human in human resources. I want to thank you for joining us today on the My HR Buzz podcast. Uh, and I do want to remind you, uh, you can find our podcast on, on iTunes, Spotify, all those typical platforms that you find your podcast. And we do uh, encourage you to subscribe. That way you can always keep up with the latest information. And today what we want to talk about is uh, national criminal database searches. Uh, and one of the things that we hear a lot is, you know, instant, instant. We see it on the Internet, instant background checks. And so what we want to talk about is, you know, what are these database searches? Um, when we say instant, you know, what are risks to your company and how those risks are mitigated by a good employee screening background company. And so today we've got Kim Lewis with My HR Screens uh, joining us, and I appreciate you being on today, Kim. My pleasure. Happy to be here. Oh, thank you. And so uh, we want to talk to Kim about, you know, first, I think, let's talk about what is a national criminal database search. Uh, what does it include? And then we can kind of talk about where maybe some risks come in and how to mitigate those risks. Sure, sure happy to. Well, basically, I describe this as a, a, a snapshot of the country. Um, it's going to include your Department of Correction uh, databases. It's also going to include your nationwide sex offender, um, the address trace report, uh, things of that nature. Um, and it also will point to particular areas in the country where there might be an issue that needs to have some further investigation done. Okay. So it's, a, it's just that good base platform that we're pulling um, data from, I guess, from a national perspective so that we can kind of determine where, where they may have a history or, or convictions or, or, or whatever that may be. So, um, so what happens when there is a conviction and maybe what are some differences in how different employee screening companies handle those potential convictions? Well, when you get a potential, um, hit back on a database search, number one, um, I'll use my name, for example, Kim Lewis is a very common name. Um, when you run a database search on me, you know, you potentially could come back, you know, with some uh, areas of concern that do need to be checked out. Um, we go ahead and we look for matches to the date of birth. Uh, we look for matches to a general area on the trace report. And if we feel there is something that needs to be um, either excluded or included in the report, we, as a standard practice, will go ahead and run that county physically pulled search to uh, make sure that what we are providing to our client is an actual record that can be reported on their candidates. 80% um, of these snapshots of the country or the nationwide will come back immediately. There'll be no issues. It's that 20% that we just as a standard practice will go ahead and do that for our client. They don't even have to request it. Um, we just get it done. Now, with that being said, 
a vast number of counties are now going uh, instant. So this may be a mere 30 minute wait, in, you know, in a lot of parts of the country, but it can be a 30 minute wait that will be very important to that client in the long run so that they have a compliant report. Uh, thank you. And, and, and so, <clears throat> you know, in, in, in saying that, I know I was talking to a company not long ago and they called us because their current provider wasn't doing that step. They not weren't right. doing that, uh, that county search on those convictions. And there are so many out there that don't. And they really say instant, instant, instant. Um, but the issue is, like, for instance, in this in this um, particular scenario, they were using a quote national uh, brand, and what happened was they hired they hired an applicant. Um, as part of that process, they did a background check, and the background check came back with a conviction. And the applicant said, "Well, I've never even been in that location. It's not me." And so they went back to the to the employee background check company. They said, "Well, it's what we found. They have a record, uh, and we found it." And so there was the applicant kept, you know, protesting it so much that finally the employer called the county directly and found out the person that had that conviction was a different race than the person that he was hiring. And so it, you know, if you don't do that step, it's so easy to make um, bad decisions. And then, Absolutely. and then, so what is that? Why does that matter? And, and that matters. And, is you know through research for this, um, where companies have violated the FCRA, you know they've paid significant fines. Um, 2000 and 2018 and 2019 alone, 7-Eleven paid 1.97. I'm sorry, 1.9 million in penalties. Delta Airlines 2.3 million. Omnicare 1.3. Um, Frito Lay 2.4. All of these are amounts that they that these companies paid because they were making uh they violated the fcr rights of these applicants and so Correct. it is so important to to make sure that we do that extra diligence uh in Absolutely. order to um to um you know fight that uh, or, or or not to violate those rights so so one thing i i would like to ask so as we talk about these counties and you talk about um these physical searches can you tell me what's the difference in the database and the county search, if that makes sense? Because we talk about a county search, but my understanding is, you know, these criminal databases, they search everything, right? So what's the difference in those two, in those two things? Well, the difference is, is those uh, national databases will have those Department of Correction uh, information uploaded. It's the county levels um, that sometimes there are some counties that don't report to that national database search. There are other counties that absolutely do. However, when you when you get down to it, the database is only as accurate as the information that's uploaded. So if we get um, a Kim Lewis from Chicago, Illinois, um, and Chicago, Illinois is on my trace report, I had lived there something come back, we must go ahead and make sure that that is the accurate Kim Lewis and do that county. Because if they just returned, you know, a charge and my name, 
that is something that you absolutely cannot release to the client unless you have a positive ID on that particular record. That's where the county search is absolutely imperative to do. Okay. You know, and I'll add, you know, if you do happen to find yourself um, in court with one of these cases and you present your background screen that only ran a nationwide and then you would present a background check that, no, we did the, the national database search and we went the extra step and we got the county check done. That is just an extra level that that clients never should ever not, you know, have performed on their background checks. That's true. And that's a good point. Um, so what is the, so again, we, we have groups that there are those out there that don't do that step. Um, from a, from an employee background check company perspective, yes. we know you said my HR screens does that every time just by, yes. by basic, so what's, what does the FCRA say? What, what is the requirements of the FCRA to do that? You mentioned, you know, it's, it's so important to do this if you ever are in a legal situation. Uh, what does the FCRA require? Well, I mean, it requires that you use a high level of due diligence. And, you know, when, when you are stepping up to the plate with that and presenting those records, you are doing what you should be doing as a CRA. Um, You know, and it's not only to protect the client, it's just as important to protect that candidate. Um, You know, if if this is not that person, we work just as hard to be sure that a report's not returned, you know, in error on a candidate. So it goes both ways. And we must live up to that standard uh, with the FCRA and do the highest level of due diligence to make sure that we are conducting business uh, the way we should. No, and that's helpful. So that, that kind of helps us lay out those requirements. And I do know the um, Professional Background Screening Association, the PBSA, uh, I, to your point, I know what their best practice is, is doing that county search. And that's so important uh, it, because I know, you know, again, um, I know you get the question all the time. I get the question all the time. Uh, My current provider or my old provider, I got this search back immediately. Uh, Right. And to your point, 80% of those you do get back immediately. It's just those that may have uh, a a potential conviction. And, and then there's just that extra step and it's to protect, it's to protect the, the client It's to protect the applicant. Um, and it's just the right thing to do. And so um, I think that, you know, from that perspective, and we've talked about the penalties that a lot of these companies have paid, uh, you know, by not properly following the FCRA and violating these applicants' rights. So, uh, no, I think that's great information. Is there, are there any other thoughts you have? Um, well, you know, I had a, a Zoom, an interesting Zoom call um, this week, and it was with a group that, you know, the – background checks when they would run them, you know, they, they wanted their, their $20 nationwide right now, you know, we need to do it right now. So I kind of said, okay, let me, let me have my 10 minutes and let me explain to you why that 
is not the way we do business. Um, they listened to every word that I said and kind of looked at one another and said, you know what? Maybe this is something that we should have thought about a long time ago. And, you know, a lot of clients that they've been doing this for years and making hiring decisions and they stop and think or have someone that actually will stop and tell them, look, this is the best practice. We're here to protect you and your employee. They all will tell me, oh, my goodness, Kim, I wish I'd known this years ago. Um, it's just going with a screening company that's going to stop and listen and direct you to the way that things should be done to protect you. So that was a very interesting call. At the end of the call, you know, they saw, they said, absolutely, this is the way we need to conduct business. So that's important. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I think the days and, and I, I used to get people say this all the time when, when I would, when I would talk with them and uh, I, I, you know, basically I would say, why, why are you running this background check? And there's so many times I heard, well, we, we have to. Right. Uh, and it was a, it was basically a check the box, right? The form says when I hire somebody, I got to check the box. I have to, I have to run this. I really don't care what it is. I just got to check the box. And I think we're just long past those, those times. Um, and unfortunately, I think a lot of people still do that, but I think it's just so important with, you know, the, the risk out there and the liability um, that when we do these or when clients do these, we need to make sure they're done correctly and that we do them compliant and, and they're done at the highest level of um, that they need to be run uh, as far as certifying that those, anything that's certified, anything on that report um, that is a conviction is, is properly vetted. Absolutely. And, you know, we live in such a, a world right now of instant gratification, and it's great. And we all love the technology. But for a certain portion of the background screening, you need to, to pause. And if we've got an issue, we need to do this extra level of due diligence. And like I said before, it could be the best 30-minute wait that you ever had because it could protect you in the long run. That's right. That's right. Well, great. Well, we, we appreciate you being on today. I think that was a lot of great information. My pleasure. Absolutely. And we want to thank everyone for everyone else for joining us today. Uh, again, you know, please subscribe to our podcast. That way you always have the most up-to-date information. Um, if Kim, if they do have questions, how can they reach you? Sure. My direct line is going to be 1-866-899-8970 extension 118, or you can certainly email me at the letter K, Lewis, L-E-W-I-S, at myhrscreens.com, and I would be more than happy to continue this conversation and, you know, share whatever a client would need for me to, you know, present to them. Great. Thank you. And you can also, if you want to, if you have any ideas uh, for podcasts, you have questions we want to cover on the podcast, Anything like that, you can always contact us at podcast at myhrbuzz.com or you can contact me at 855-538-6947, extension 108. And again, really appreciate you joining us today and we look forward to talking with you next time.